0: Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, GetPuroAir.com. You're listening to episode 28 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there. Thank you for tuning in. Are you a parent who aspires to live a low-waste lifestyle? Spoiler alert, it's super hard to live low or zero waste with kids. Kids just emit waste somehow. It's pretty astonishing. Now, if you're like me and you're trying to limit the amount of waste your household produces with kids, you're probably already doing the unsurprising strategies, right? You probably cloth diaper. You probably use homemade wipes made from old clothes. You probably already avoid individually packaged snacks. Those are obvious when it comes to low waste with kids. Today, we're talking about the not-so-obvious rules to live by as you seek to reduce your waste and raise healthy, thriving children. Today, I'm giving you 10 Kid-friendly rules to live by in the categories of art, toys, and food, and they will slash into the waste your household produces. So if you're a parent and if you are eco-friendly, you are in the right place because today's episode is for you. Now, as always, I have detailed show notes that outline every single thing we are going to talk about today. You can find the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero two eight, M A M A minimalist.com forward slash zero two eight. When I think of parenthood, the first thing that comes to mind is crazy, dirty, messy art projects. So if you're t- attempting to live a low waste life with kids, the first thing that must be tackled is the art projects. So the first 3 rules we're going to discuss today have everything to do with art and kids. The first rule of low-waste living with kids is no markers. Now, markers have a lifespan and that lifespan is often quite short. Worse, a marker's exterior is made of plastic. There are plastic-free art options such as crayons, which can be melted down again and again, and their waste production is negligible. There's colored pencils, and there's chalk too, all of which have a much smaller footprint than markers. So low waste rule number one, no markers in your house. Low waste rule number two is no crazy art supplies. So think about the glitter, the googly eyes, the pipe cleaners, etc., I know I'm going to get some hate mail for this one, but I'm sticking by it. You will not permanently damage your child by refusing to be the mom or dad who does art projects at home. That's what school's for. School is for the glitter and the googly eyes and all those tiny little messy pieces that are bound to get stuck in the carpet and give you gray hairs. Because as a bonus… By refusing to do crazy art projects at home, you're saving yourself from a lot of cleanup related headaches down the road. From a minimalist standpoint too, you're eliminating an entire category of useless stuff to store in your house. Now finally, when it comes to art, the third rule of low-waste living with kids is to use paper scraps for art projects. Take scrap paper from work even and encourage your child to draw, scribble, doodle on the opposite side. Along the same vein, if you order stuff online, particularly stuff from Amazon, you know that a lot of items are wrapped and packaged in that brown paper that, you know, if you don't reuse, it basically goes straight into the recycle bin. Use that brown paper as painting or drawing paper for your child and then save it. Now, here's the kicker. Save that paper and come holiday season, repurpose your children's doodles into the cutest wrapping paper your friends and family will ever see. Moving right along to food. Now, whether you have children or not, you probably know that an awful lot of waste comes from the kitchen. So, these zero waste rules apply to parents and non parents alike. The first one is a staple of low waste living, and it is say no to anything that's individually packaged. Now, I'm a mother of two young kids, and I know that yes, it is easier to buy the Cheez It snacks in the individual bags so that when you're on the run, it's one less thing to think about. You just grab a bag, or in my case, two bags, because I have two kids. Two bags of Cheez-Its. I admit it. It's definitely easier. But sustainable minimalists aren't about doing what's easy. We're about doing what's intentional. So I will link in the show notes to my favorite glass containers that I use to individually package up my kids' snacks. They are phenomenal. They're glass, but they are so durable. I've had them for four years and I haven't broken or chipped one yet. And believe me, my kids are not gentle with them. But what I do is I buy a snack, I bring it home, and I portion it individually all at once myself so that when I am ready to run out the door, I just grab one of the portions that I already prepackaged myself. Again, I will link to my favorite containers in the show notes, mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero two eight. And when it comes to food, another rule that works for parents and non parents alike is if you can make it, don't buy it. When you purchase pre-made items at the supermarket, you're paying four or sometimes five times the cost it would take for you to make it yourself at home. You're also taking home so much excess packaging, that plastic, the cardboard boxes. You get the idea. So if you can make it at home, don't buy it pre-made. I'm thinking cookies. I'm thinking hummus. I'm thinking French fries. If your child is old enough, make it into a cooking lesson. You are being eco-friendly, you are saving money, and you are spending quality time with your child. It's a win, win, win. Now, the final rule when it comes to food, I love this one. Eat your kid's leftovers first. So I have a 1.5-year-old And she sits in her high chair and I give her an assortment of different foods to try. And she takes some of this, some of that. She leaves some of that. It breaks my heart to then take that tray from the high chair and dump it into the trash. So I have gotten into the habit of eating whatever my child leaves behind. The same goes with my four-year-old's plate. Last night, for example, she ate all her rice but was not so interested in the broccoli. There's nothing wrong with the broccoli she left behind. It's still completely edible. I ate her broccoli before making my own plate. This trick will slash food waste in your house. Just trust me. We have tackled art. We have tackled food. And now this episode would not be complete if we did not tackle toys. So my final four rules for living low waste with kids have to do with toys. The first rule is to go the low toy route. We've talked about this so many times on the podcast, and if you're interested in the benefits of low toy parenting, definitely check out episode 26, Anna Seawald Advocates for Low Toy Living and backs it up with some research. Encourage your child To play free with items you already have on hand. My one and a half year old, for instance, is much more interested in playing with items in the recycling bin right now than she is in anything in the playroom. So save select recyclables in a giant box for those times when your children say, I have nothing to play with. Along the same vein of low toy parenting is my next rule, which is to start a toy swap. Now, I go into the nuts and bolts of toy swapping in the first episode of this podcast, episode one. So I'm not going to outline it all again right now. If you're interested, go back and definitely take a listen because I give you everything you need to do a toy swap right. It can get tricky. But basically, you choose a few mom friends. The key here is a few mom friends. Too big means too stressful. And these mom friends must have kids around the same age as your own child, and basically, you rotate toys each week so that your child has newish toys to play with every week, and then you give them back. If you start toy swapping and you love it, I suggest you then bookshare. Bookshare is another rule of low-waste parenting. Bookshare. Get into the habit with your mom friends. If you read a good book with your child, pass it on. Hopefully, your mom friends will do the same. So the result is a steady stream of new enticing books for your child without the waste and without the need for you to purchase anything. The third rule of low waste with toys is to educate the grandparents. A tenet of minimalism and a tenet of sustainability too is experience gifts. Ask for experience gifts at every turn. Gifts to this museum, gifts to this event, gifts to this concert. Educate the grandparents, educate the aunts and uncles in your lives that love to spoil your kids, and emphasize the importance of experience gifts over toys. Now, finally, the final rule of Lois Parenting is to not let any new toys come into your house. Now, I've noticed a phenomenon. New parents shun anything that's pre-used, right? They want the best for their baby, and the best is always new. I felt this way with my first child. It's natural, and there's nothing wrong with it. But the fact is that by the time the second baby comes along, many parents have wisened up because they realize that the amount of time a child will realistically use an item is so short. And it's simply not financially smart to keep running to the store and keep buying new. So the final rule to discuss today is no new toys. If you must buy, buy used. There are so many perfectly good toys out there that other families get rid of simply because their children have outgrown them. They're not dirty. They're not broken. They're not missing parts. They've just been outgrown. Take the extra step to invite those toys into your home instead of the new ones. New toys are always wrapped and bundled and coddled in excessive packaging that's really just destined to become waste. So by rescuing old toys, and really by rescuing old gear too, you're keeping it from the landfill. Just be sure to keep the cycle of giving going. And make sure to pass these items on to worthy recipients when your own child has outgrown them and your child undoubtedly will. So there they are, your 10 not-so-obvious low-waste rules with kids. We packed an awful lot of information into under 15 minutes this week. I'm so proud of us. Before we close out this episode, I just want to give a big shout out to somebody who left me such a wonderful and glowing review on iTunes recently with the username Physics Fantastic. I love your name and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your kind words. You made my day. If you are listening and if you've been listening and if you like what you hear, kindly, go on with your bad self and leave me a review. It helps immensely as I seek to find new potential sustainable minimalists. You can leave me reviews on iTunes if that's where you listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. Now on next week's episode, I'm so excited. It's a good one. I'm bringing you an interview with a professor and researcher who has studied the link between eco-friendliness and femininity. So is eco-friendliness a feminine stereotype? Spoiler alert, yes, it is. Now what can we do about it? That's what we're discussing next week. I'll see you then. Take care.